Well, you're listening to this on the EKN Radio Network, and yes, it is still 2018, but for all intents and purposes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2019 season. My name is Rob Howden. This is episode number 13 of the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network, and to be honest, podcast number 49 of 2018. David Cole and I have been busting our butts to uh, really kick things up with the EKN Radio Network. I'm expecting to get probably a handful more podcasts done before Christmas time runs around. So we're going to be right around the 55 mark, I think. Let's say between 52 and 55 in terms of podcasts. Next year, make sure you download the app if you have not already done so, because our goal is to do 100 podcasts next year. We want to double our output. We've got some obviously great new shows coming. Uh, we did the, the the first edition of my Book It conversational podcast. We're going to have a roundtable coming out as well. A lot of great things happening here on the EKN Radio Network. And as I talk about the fact that we are kind of beginning 2019, even though we're still in the 2018 calendar year, everything's underway. Everybody's put the 2018 season behind them. The Supernats kind of wrap things up there. And of course, the Rotax Grand Finals in Brazil. Everybody's focusing forward. We got you know maybe a month before Scuzi gets going, less than two months before the Challenge of the Americas kicks off, the uh, the big West Coast Winter Series. And I'm thankful to have Andy Saisman from FTK Promotions with me here on the broadcast, on this particular podcast. Andy, welcome to the EKN Radio Network once again. Ah, thanks very much, Rob. Uh, good to be here. So I'm sure you'll echo my comments when I talk about the fact that uh, the 2019 season's underway. Now, for racers, for you know Dave Cole and I, probably just starting you know thinking about 2019. You, on the other hand, 2019 probably, to be honest, probably kicked off about four or five months ago when you started thinking about next year's Challenge of the Americas. If I'm not, if I wouldn't be correct. Oh yeah, and, um, it, it you know it gets it gets earlier and earlier every year. I mean, yeah. it used to be <clears throat> it used to be the goal is man, if we just have everything out by November, and then it was boy, if we just have everything out by by you know Labor Day, and then, now we start working on it. And not just me, all of us that are in this line of work, all of us start start our date planning at least in june or july at least we uh, we look at dates we look at places we might not ex- necessarily have everything contracted and done but uh but yeah it's it's mid-year it's i'm sitting there uh, in, in my backyard cooking hot dogs on the fourth of july already thinking about the challenge of the america schedule wouldn't it be nice if we could have like a north american karting industry association where the promoters could actually all sit down and just pick dates like kind of it was back in maybe what 10 years ago Oh, it was longer than that, but yeah, I mean, there was, there was, <laughs> gotcha. there was something. I mean, I remember NACA. I was on the NACA board. I mean, actually, yeah. that was probably ninety nine or two thousand. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be nice, but it would, you know, if wishes were fishes, we'd all have a full skillet, right? Well, you never know. Maybe that's something that can come down the line. Now, you know, let's let's jump into your program, though. Um, obviously, this past year, making a big move after a number of years with the Rotax program, you jump into the Rock Cup deal. Um, that's of course saw growth throughout essentially the you know the past twelve months. Garrett Potter at Rock Cup USA has been working hard. Uh, he did a couple of rock festivals, not the greatest turnout of the festivals. Uh, pretty solid outing though, of course at the uh, at the Rock the Rio event at the very end of the year at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino. But you know it was kind of the Florida Winter Tour and you Andy kicking things off on the on the West Coast last uh, you know January February March April and. Really, you. I think you. Let's, let's start there and say you really laid down. I think some 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 roots, kind of a foundation of where you're going to take the program for 2019. Oh, for sure. I mean, you you and I talked about it. You, me, and uh, David about you know challenge started in 08 with 75 entries, and it's last year with Rotax. It had you know after after peaking at almost 150, dropped all the way down under 75 again. And my goal going into 18 with with uh, the rock program was, man, if we just, if we just start at 75 again, I know how to build it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a, that was a, the number that I at least focused on. And man, we averaged, I don't know, 86, 87 entries. So, I mean, we, we succeeded and, and, you know, exceeded my expectations by almost 15%, I think. Um, so that was, a, that was great. I mean, in, in, in the rock entries, I mean, remember I had LO206 in the program, but the rock entries actually grew at every round. Um, so that's that was a huge a huge uh, plus for me for sure. So of course between your finale uh, of 2018 and the launch of the 2019 Challenge of the Americas uh, in early February, a lot's been going on. And obviously, from where I sit, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? There's going to be a lot of bright ideas and a lot of brightness coming to the start of your season, only because Rock 
it was able to get itself kind of implanted into some certain areas. Southern California in one place, there's a lot of rock drivers there now, other places around the country that could and would, and they should, I would expect, uh, give you thoughts that you're going to have a pretty good launch in February. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, conversations are great, right? Everybody, everybody talks to them. Oh yeah, we'll be there. Oh, we'll be there. I mean, they, they tell all of us that, right. And then, uh, until we get to the first event and the, and the entries actually show up in, in a trailer and take the track, um, none of us really know. But, um, yeah, all the signs lead to the fact that we're going to have uh, at least another year of 15% growth. I'm thinking perhaps more. And I can tell you the one, the one huge uh, thing that gives me confidence is I, uh, every year I send a, an email to uh, potential sponsors, class sponsors, teams, etc., um, just kind of detailing the past year, looking at the year ahead, plans, you know, normal, normal kind of just a reach out uh, email. And in within six to eight hours of me sending that email out, I sold seven class sponsorships. Wow. Okay. So that tells me teams, dealers, um, racers are very interested in the program. Um, they're they're going to come out. Even I mean, guys that came out last year re-upped immediately. Um, guys that didn't come out last year asked to be a sponsor this year. So that's a huge sign. I mean, normally, I mean, you know, you talk to all of us promoters. Normally, we we do okay. We get a few up front, and then and then a few weeks later, we get a few more. And then you know, the last two weeks, man, we're trying to sell that last one or two. I mean, to sell seven of my nine class sponsorships within eight hours was ridiculous. Pretty nice uh, a way, I think, for you to have some positive momentum, not so much even out in the industry, but just within your office. You know, you're you're saying to yourself, man, this is this is kind of giving you a little bit of a little bit of positivity. Like, we're this is going to be good. This is a good launch. And now, folks, talking to Andy Saisman here, episode number thirteen of the Industry Insider. We're essentially kicking off our kind of 2019 season previews. Really, just going to take an opportunity to talk with all the serious promoters and the organization heads to give you, uh, our EK, and listeners a, a kind of a better feel for what's happening when we get around the corner and, and flip the uh, the page on the, the calendar into 2019. Andy, we, we talked about what happened last year. We talked about how you've kind of worked your way through the season supporting the Rock product line so that, you know, you were going to be able to make sure that there were people to come to your race. Let's talk, let, let's take this opportunity to actually talk about the 2019 Challenge of the Americas. Let's hit the schedule. And then let's talk a little bit about the class structure lineup because you had mentioned you had 206 last year. It won't be on the program, I believe, this year in 2019. So let's start with the schedule because for the first time, we're not starting, I think, the first time, what? I don't know how many years we're not starting in Arizona. I know. Right? Since, uh, since, since the second year of the program, 09. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. The, the first race ever was at, uh, was at Willow Spring. So we started off in California, the very first uh, challenge event in its history. And from that point on, every other year, it started in Arizona. Yeah. Um, you know, Cal Speed was actually our biggest round last year. Um, so I decided, uh, you know, Cal Speed Karting, we've gone there many, many years in Fontana. And um, looking at the schedule and kind of putting it all together and, and all the other stuff that's going on, made me realize, man, we get, a, we get a big boost of entries at Cal Speed because of the local participation, um, previously with Rotax, now with Rock. And uh, so, I, so I'm taking a chance. I said, you know, what if we start at Cal Speed? And if, if some of those few extra drivers that actually come out to that event do well, um, maybe they'll decide they'll, they'll come to a, another event or maybe all three and try to win a points championship, try to win a ticket to the, to the Rock International Final or the, or the Rock the Rio event. Well, so, the thing, well, you know, Andy, we've said this before, big fields promote big fields, right? They draw people. So yep. if you're going to get, if you get that 150 launch or let's say, uh, you said 50, maybe 20% growth off of 85. You're looking at 20. If you're topping the 100 mark, uh, you know, you you may even have more than that. You've, you're running nine classes. So 120, I don't think is out of the question. You kick the season off February 8th, 9th, and 10th, Cal Speed Karting Center in Fontana. Definitely a place, I think, and I think you hit the nail on the head, that you could probably foster up a wave of momentum from a lot of the local, uh, you know, California racers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then – uh you know, from there, um, we're going to go to an older uh, series partner. We're going to go down to uh, Tucson to Muscleman Honda Center. I mean, uh, Charlie's Charlie, but he uh, he does treat us like family in his in his home. He treats us, you know, when we go there. So, um, you know, if we don't move around, if we don't try a new tracks every now and then, some of these tracks are, are going to go out of business, right? I mean, yeah. we, we've discussed this, that the tracks are so vital to the to the health of our sport. So, 
Um, we did uh, decide to take a break from Phoenix this year and uh, go down to Tucson. But in all fairness, Tucson, everybody that races Tucson said it's absolutely one of the one of the best racetracks they've ever driven. So um, I, I'm excited to go back there. I just flew out there uh, a week and a half ago and visited with Charlie. And every time you go there, he's added something. So he's, he's built this big uh, cement permanent podium area um, for, for the drivers. He's building a little lane where drivers can come right off the track and their carts drive right up, step right up onto the podium. So uh, another good addition to that facility. I like it. That's awesome. Now, and then, if, so one of the folks, those of you who are listening here, um, the, one of the changes, of course, in, as you're here in the schedule, normally, traditionally, it's been a, a January date to kick things off. This year, kicking off because of some really cluttered uh, scheduling from another other organizations, both East Coast and West Coast. Um, February, the second week of February will be the, the first race, 8th to the 10th. Mm-hmm. Second second race into March, 8th to the 10th again, second weekend of March. Then again, kind of that over the last couple of years, Andy, the traditional first week of April, you're heading back to Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center in Sonoma. No, absolutely. I mean, you and I always talk about, you know, Sim Raceway is the best piece of karting real estate in the country, aside from being a, a pretty uh, pretty awesome racetrack. But it's a great place to go. It's a great place to end. Um, you know, the weather's great there by the time we get there. Not like when we were there in February when it poured, but when we get there in April, it's beautiful, you know, 70 and sunny. Um, it's a great place to bring your family. And um, and it's and it's the home of, of NorCal Rock. Uh, so there's a lot of customers, a lot of racers up there that came out and supported us. So we certainly love to go up there. And uh, I, I just love that place. And there's there's no reason to go anywhere else. I agree. It's a, it's a great place for you guys to cap off. Now let's look at the class structure. You know the the standard micro mini, junior, senior, and masters uh, in in the rock program. You're doing rock shifter, senior, rock shifter, masters. That c- category seems to be getting uh, even more and more momentum. Oh yeah, uh, you know, you, right. You hear guys jumping on board with it with a rock shifter and having a lot of a lot of fun with it. No, for sure. Um, I mean, that's uh, I want to actually touch on that for a second. I mean that's uh, that's yeah a, for sure. That's a huge uh, point of growth in uh, in the rock program. I mean. Um, you know, there's no no question that the you know the shifter categories in the U.S. are in a bit of a state of flux right now, and and the rock shifter been around for you know more than five years and is a well established product. I mean, there's a lot of people that are making the move to that product, and quite frankly, it's a it's a great it's a great engine. I mean, everybody that's driven it says you know it's it's a it's a great experience. They love the 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 power delivery. They love you know um, the experience of driving it. So I, I think there's going to be a, a pretty pretty large amount of growth in those categories for sure this year. And when you do go up to Sonoma, right, there's, there's a pretty, I think there's a pretty good group of shifter car drivers in Sonoma as it is. They just love shifters up there, but a number of them have, have jumped on board and, and picked up a rock to put in the trailer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, you know, I've been around forever. I mean, look, looking back, NorCal has always been such a shifter hotbed. I mean, just look at the names that have come out of there over the years, you know, Gary Carlton and the Speed Brothers and and Boswell and I mean you know Tom Dyer I mean Nemo Gidley I mean you can go on and on and on there's literally you know 15 guys you could probably name that are that were nationally ranked or national champion pilots over the years in the in the in the shifters they love their shifters yeah. up there and that, and it helps when you have guys like Greg Bell and Ron White up there and you know that really really push the shifter product um, you know that's their bread and butter and uh, it definitely they they bring out they bring out the racers. Let's cap off the discussion on the challenge of the America's class structure for 2019 with the fact you guys are bringing in the 100cc program. And that's, I think, something that's really taking off the, this new 100cc deal, whether, you know, it's we've seen a couple of combined rock IAMI weekends. You guys, of course, I, I, are you guys, I'm not sure if you guys are running straight 100cc. Is it going to be rock or is it going to be open to IAMI as well? Uh, I'm running now. I'm running um, senior and masters. Okay. Um, we've, had, we've had a little bit of interest in junior, so I haven't. Said there was going to be a junior class yet until uh, until I just sent out at that email and I said you know I need to have uh, I need to have ten entries in order for me to add a junior class which I'm willing to do but um, right now it's just senior and masters but it is open to both engine packages I think um, okay. I think both engines are so close at least in this in this senior um, format that they can run together now right now. The IAMI header um, for junior and the and the rock header for junior aren't necessarily compatible, so they don't. We haven't gotten a way to run them head to head at the proper speed yet. So and, until now, even if I get uh, ten entries that show up and they want to race uh, in the junior hundred cc, which I'm willing to do, it will be a rock only category yep. and, until the header situation gets worked out. Because I don't want either engine to have an advantage. I want them to be close. Um, and certainly in the senior categories, that's that's proven to be the case so um 
but to, but to wrap up what you said, for sure, there's a, there's a lot of potential in those categories. You know, LO206 helped us over the past few years, but um, in all fairness, the LO and LO206 is local option. And as, as you and I both saw, once we start traveling with some of these, you know, a lot of the racers didn't, didn't travel well, as you can imagine, because they're more local racers, which I can appreciate. I think the 100cc will, uh, will be a great replacement for those, and we should see some growth in the category. Yeah, you know, I, I, all I would add is that, uh, I've said this a thousand times. If someone's racing a 206 engine at 600 bucks a pop out of the box, there's a reason why they're doing that. And they probably can't afford a thousand dollar travel bill or hotels or, you know, that kind of thing. And that's just, I, I love the 206 program. I, I still don't know, I still don't believe it's, it's an engine that needs it all to be on a national tour or a major, even a major tour like yours, Andy, because it, it, it's, there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of guys that said, yeah, let's run 206. It's super fun. And you had some great guys jumping on board, having a good time. David Cole got behind the wheel at one of your races at Phoenix yep. and, and loved it. But again, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a local option program. And uh, yeah, I think that the 100cc uh, will definitely um, find itself with, with, a, with a good group of people coming in saying, you know what, this is exactly the engine that I've been looking for for a while now. To cap off this particular segment, uh, Andy, before we head to a, a break. Anything else you want to bring up about the Challenge of the Americas? Maybe something you've got going on before we uh, move into the next chapter of what we're going to talk about on this edition of the Industry Insider? You know, uh, my my program has been so, so steady the past several years. I mean, obviously, the entries have gone up and down, but, you know, once again, we always talk about our staff, and, and it's still it's still the same the same folks that everybody, that everybody looks at and sees at my races, the same race director, same tech director. Love them or hate them, they're still the same one, right? Um, every, you know, everybody's favorite guy is the race director at the track, right? But uh, but Taylor is uh, still our guy, along with Mark Michione, and we still have a uh, Dave Davies uh, and Rob Yardley in tech, the, the two national tech guys from Rock. So I mean, it's the same Shelby in scoring. Um, but other than that, you know, we just keep on working on the program, um, you know, building it slowly and, and making sure that uh, we go through the proper steps and, and build a good base and. Like you and I are going to talk about in a few in a few moments here, our, our uh, California Rock Championship will held feed it by next year. So uh, you know that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think the interesting thing is, Andy, and I let, let's just put it this way: when it when it comes to the sport of karting and, and the challenge of the Americas, and I, this just kind of popped into my mind when you were talking about it. The interesting thing is that the success, the up and down motion of the challenge of the Americas, it's it's all to do with the sport and the engine package because you. You provide this this constant, which is your staff. They they don't change. They only get better and better. It's not like they're getting you know. It's not like they suddenly get worse. They get more experience. They get better. You have some of the absolute best people in the in the sport in positions. You know whether it's Dave Davies as you said in tech or, or Taylor Jocelyn, who I think does a fantastic job. He and and Mark Michione. You know Shelby Jocelyn uh, unparalleled in terms of uh, running timing and scoring. I just that's the that's the constant, right? The the ten percent growth. 10% drop off, whatever it is really, to be honest, has to kind of do with the ebbs and flows of the engine packages and the way things go in the sport. No, oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm blessed that I've had uh, some really good folks decide to, to work with me over the past many years. And, uh, and you're right. That is a constant. People know what they're getting. I, I don't think anybody shows up on the property at one of our races and, and says, man, I, I wonder what's going to happen this week in charge of the officiating yeah. in terms of anything. Else. I mean, they know what they're going to get. Exactly. All right, folks, stick with us. we got more to come on the 13th episode this year of the Industry Insider. Andy Saisman from uh, FTK Promotions joining me here on the EKN Radio Network as we talk Challenge of the Americas. We essentially are talking Rock Cup on the West Coast of the United States. Stick with us. More to come. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Wheeler, Director of Motorsports for Bell Racing USA. For the 2018 Scusa Pro Tour, be sure to check out our partners, PSL Karting. For all of your on-site needs, from helmets, visors, accessories, and all hardware, so you can stay safe on the racetrack. New for 2018, the CMR KC7 Carbon, the first of its kind, the only carbon helmet in the world, approved by the CIK for youth use. Check it out at PSL Karting, and thanks for tuning in to EKN Live. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tenth, right? I'll tell you right now, 
the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sport racing park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one -on -one student to instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Hello, karting fans. This is JH Motorsports, and you're locked into EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 13 of the Industry Insider. We're talking Rock Cup. We're talking Challenge of the Americas with FTK Promotions' Andy Saisman. Andy, we already uh, kind of wrapped up, gave a good preview, a long-range preview, as you're about just under two months away from the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas this year. But I think probably the most significant thing you've done, other than moving to Rock uh, for 2018, is the recent announcement of the development of the California Rock Championship. We, uh, we talk a lot about the fact that regional series really need to have the categories of the programs that run in their region, right? So that's the way it normally works in the years past. All the clubs had certain categories. Those categories were then run on the regional level, and all those drivers from the regions or the clubs could battle head-to-head. -head. The Challenge of America is not so much a regional series, but a winter travel program, you know, kind of a fly-in program for a lot of people. Um, but still... For you to be able to have somewhere to draw from, that's your 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 key, right? You've got that group up in NorCal at Sonoma that they're they're growing their rock program. There is a rock presence down in Southern California, both at the, you know at, at the Tri C, but you really stepped up and said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's really let's get ourselves a really good pool in Southern California with a brand new program." Yeah, I mean it was time. I mean, folks asked me last year, or really going into eighteen about this time, about a year ago. Yeah, okay, we need local races, we need this, we need a regional. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's 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 build this the proper way, right? And it's odd I say build it the proper way because I built it with with the top, the Challenge yeah. of Americas, but that's what I've been running for twelve years. So, I mean, that's that's the that's the cornerstone. That's that the absolute foundation. Even though it's at the top, it is the foundation of the rock program in the West. Um, and then, like you said, uh, you know, Sim Raceway, Rock Sonoma, you know, that they're a great cornerstone. Tri-C does a great job. Um, you know, we have a somewhat of a partner with the Formula Karting Championship that's embraced Rock and some other classes. So there's there's pockets for sure. But uh, it was time. There was enough demand for folks to say, hey, we want uh, something more um, official Rock in Southern California, maybe step a little bit further. So I decided to, to create the California Rock Championship. And, uh, you know, it's a four-race program. Uh, that was, that was fun choosing those dates and, uh, we'll go from there. Well, let me, let me start by detailing those dates and we'll detail the locations and you can kind of give us some insight onto why uh, certain locations were picked. Um, kicking off May 18th and 19th, Buttonwillow Raceway Park, kind of in the middle of the, uh, the state, uh, June 22nd and 23rd down to Willow Springs International Raceway in Rosamond. Uh, July 27, 28, the end of July, up to Prairie City Car Track in Northern California. That's the uh, the uh, class, or rather the track at, in Rancho Cordova. And then Labor Day weekend back at Cal Speed Karting Center in Fontana. So four dates uh, over what is essentially, what, about a six-month period. Kicking things off at Buttonwillow. Uh, any input there? A lot of people like like running, running Buttonwillow. I know it's an affordable place for a, a promoter to go run, but people like coming to, coming to that track. It's uh, it's fun to race on. Yeah, I mean, I uh, Buttonwillow. I wanted to start as close to the middle of the state as I could. I mean, if I, to kick off this program, you can't say, yep. "Hey, uh, I'll SoCal people, let's go north," or "Hey, I'll NorCal people, let's go south." And I know 
Button Willow shades to the south as compared to Northern California. But as far as permanent racetracks, there's really there's not much in that part of the state, right? So obviously, Button Willow's been you know a long time. I mean, we used to go there with my Gators Karting Cup way back in the day, you know, 12, 15 years ago, and um, you know they were happy to have us back. Obviously, plenty of plenty of uh, race series go there. So at least I wanted to start more towards the middle to try to draw as many folks as I could. So then to Willow Springs, kind of a, um, uh, that, that kind of a tighter racetrack. It's, it's been around quite a while as well. Uh, and a place I'd love to see a really, really strong club program develop because I think there's en- enough people around that area to do that. But you're going to Willow Springs in, on June the 22nd, 23rd. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, the key to going to Willow is um, if you go after July 1 or before October 1, it's a furnace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're liable to have 110 degree with a 40 mile an hour wind. I mean, um, so, uh, so the June, the June date fit perfectly with that. It just made, it just made sense to go there then. I mean, Willow's a great facility. Like, like you touched on, um, you know, some facilities cost more than others. And, and there are some that, that as a promoter, we can, we can save a few dollars, especially in the, in the infancy of a program where yep. we know it's going to be really tight. You know, we can't afford a, a Cal speed to come every race. We can't afford Sim Raceway. We can't afford some of these other tracks. So we do have to go to some of the outlying areas that have, uh, you know, some of the lesser expensive tracks, but they're still great places to go race. Um, people have been racing there for years. So, um, you know, Willow is a, is, is a great place to go. So round number three, now you, now you're all up into the, the heart of NorCal to Prairie city, which, you know, it's interesting because we haven't seen a, a kind of a traveling regional program you know go to anywhere other really than sonoma in the last number of years you know unless we're talking you know kpx which is more of a northern california program excuse me um prairie city that's that's obviously you know i've seen some people comment on that but uh always cool to kind of develop a program at another smaller kind of a club track for sure i mean um we looked around and I, I knew I had to get into Northern California. I mean, I'm calling it the, the rock California championship. So I, I can't have it, you know, everywhere below button willow, right? We have to, we have yeah. to take, we have to take at least one, one trip up North. And, um, and with the busy schedule at Sim Raceway, it's difficult to get dates. So I thought, well, let's look at some of the other tracks up there. And Prairie city is a bit old school. It's, you know, it's a lot like Adams. It's maybe a tick narrow. It's a little bit tight, but I don't know if you've ever been there. There's a section that they modeled after the corkscrew where there's like a 20 foot elevation drop in about 50 feet. Um, you know, they have a reasonably long straightaway. It's uh, it's literally five minutes from a Costco and 15 hotels and restaurants. I mean, it, it's in the middle of nowhere, but surrounded by a million people. It's crazy. That's cool. I've never been there actually. And I, uh, I wish I could. I wish you could go check it out because I, lo- I love corkscrews. That sounds like a great deal. Now, hold on. But the, the, the last thing I want to talk oh, about wait. is the fact Dude, that yours. <laughs> no, just the fact <laughs> that the, the Keys family runs it and, and, you know, they supported our program this past year. Alex Keys won, obviously, our rock shifter category. So, you know, we, we have to support those who support us. I mean, that's that's the name of the game, right? So it, it was a no-brainer to go to go there. For yeah, I agree with that. Always support the people that support you and they're out there. And yeah, hey, you know what? You're going to, you're going to, take the, the engine program to new people as well, right. which is, I think, obviously something you guys are trying to do. Uh, then you cap things off at uh, on Labor Day weekend at uh, Cal Speed Karting Center in Fontana once again. Yeah, I mean, Cal Speed's, I mean, that's our staple track down here in Southern California. I, it is. You yeah. know, as you well know. Um, I was looking at another facility, and we just couldn't make it work. And in the end, you know, going to Cal Speed at the end of summer, you know, we, we may catch some folks that um, – We'll catch the folks that are serious about the program. They're going to come to the race no matter what. And maybe we'll catch some folks that, you know, we're going to – are playing uh, look and see this year on the, on the you know, California Rock Championship. And maybe they'll say, well, it's at my home track. I might as well try to rent an engine or borrow an engine and come out. So, uh, you know, for the finale – um, you know, at our home base, really, it just it just made sense to go there for sure. Couple questions uh, for me. Number one, let's talk uh, weekend structure. What's you know, they're two day events. What's uh, what are you guys gonna do for for structure? No, no, I'm uh, I invented a unique format. How about that? Because because <laughs> you know, after sixty years um, doing one thing different means you invented things, right? Yeah. That's so <laughs> so uh, no, I decided that I. For for a regional like this, it doesn't need to be a double race weekend. We don't need to take off Fridays. We don't need to be there for all hours of the day. So um, how I have the preliminary schedule built is um, 
Saturday practice day. I mean, obviously we'll get there with my staff at some point on Friday and there'll be no, there'll be no rules against if people want to show up, you know, the June and July race or whatever, even in August, if, if there's, if they're not in, if the kids aren't in school and they want to go to the track on Friday, I'm, I'm not going to stop them. But, um, our program is going to start with official practice Saturday morning. Um, basically you get four or five rounds on Saturday and then the last round, uh, will basically be qualifying. So if you, if you think about the challenge of the America's uh, Friday schedule, um, how we have five rounds, but the last round is that 20-minute hot pit, um, yeah. it'll basically be similar to that, but with a 12-minute qualifying session at the end of the day. That way we get, we get qualifying done, right? Most people put a new set of tires on for that session anyway at the end of the day on a practice day. That's true. So here they get to put the new set of tires on and then race them the next day. And what that allows us to do is, you know, I mean, that, that just removes an hour and a half from the schedule on Sunday, which means I can give competitors more laps and actually probably get them out of there by the race program ending by about 4 o'clock. They can be on the road by 5 on a Sunday night. Nice. I like that. Now, uh, class structure, pretty much the same, uh, exactly the same as it is now with Challenge of the Americas. Uh, the micro, mini, junior, senior, master rock, the senior and master rock shifter, and the 100cc senior and masters. Now, Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some of the awards you're throwing out, or, or you know, what what can you win? I know you know people always talk about that. What's up for grabs? You know, what are you be able to do? What are you guys working on right now in terms of kind of adding a little value to the, the guys that are able to to win some stuff? Well, obviously, for just to wrap up for challenge, I mean, there's always tickets to the international final for the champions for the yep. classes that have um, those categories at the in Italy. Um, those the classes that don't will win a ticket to the Rock the Rio. Um, other podium winners will win similar tickets, whether they'll be partial tickets to rock the Rio, like your, uh, your entries paid, you just have to come up with the tires or et cetera. Um, for the, um, for the California rock, uh, championship champions will, will win Rio tickets. So it's designed to feed to that program. It's designed, you know, where the challenge feeds towards the worlds. Um, the, uh, the regional program is designed to feed towards uh, the rock, the Rio, um, so that the champions will win uh, a ticket to that to that race and then you know whatever as i work on it here over the next five months <laughs> try to drum up more prizes as i'm running a, a winter program um you know we'll we'll just keep putting packages together but there'll be there'll be plenty of uh, of good prizes for folks so folks if you are a, a rock racer in southern california or northern california or anywhere really on the west coast lots of places to race for 2019 that's really the bottom line you can start the season off get the get the winter tour program rocking on the uh, on the west coast with the challenge of the americas just over two months away from that one, uh, California Rock Championship, as Andy's kind of detailed, a uh, four-race program from Button Willow to Willow Springs to Prairie City to Cal Speed to wrap up on Labor Day weekend. After this break, uh, Andy and I are going to come back and chat a little bit about the Rock the Rio event that happened in early uh, end of October, early November uh, in Las Vegas. Stick with us. We'll wrap things up with Andy Saisman when we come back here on the EKN Radio Network. Introducing ePartrade, electronic performance and racing trade. ePartrade is the revolutionary new web-based trade-only product sourcing platform that works 24-7 to connect performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. Find new products and technologies all year long, accessible everywhere, from anywhere, 24-7. ePartrade is the only product sourcing platform as innovative and fast-paced as the racing market itself. ePartrade is the fastest, most efficient, and cost-effective way to introduce new parts and services to the worldwide racing trade while they're red-hot, allowing builders, race teams, retailers, engineers, and other verified racing businesses to access them from anywhere in the world, day or night. The world is changing, and we're changing with it. Welcome to the future. ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Visit us at www.epartrade.com or you can reach us at 323-870-9300. Fresh off of two USPKS Drivers National Championships and the Team Championship, Nitro Kart has some very exciting news for the youngest racers just getting started. The all-new Nitro Kart Kid Kart. 
Now, beginning racers can enjoy the same kind of championship-winning performance as cadet kart drivers. Designed in the USA and manufactured in Italy, the Nitro Kart Kid Kart features the same premium quality and engineering you've come to expect from Nitro Kart. Kid Karts are in stock now, so order yours today. Hi, this is Hayden Jones, Team Nitro Kart driver number 716 in KA100 Junior and X30 Junior. I just won my first national event and I couldn't have done it without Nitro Kart support. Nitro Kart has a few arrive and drive spots open for the cadet classes at Scusa Super Nats. They help me win and they'll help you too. For details, contact Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868. Look forward to seeing you at the track. Now let's hear what the experts have to say about Nitro Kart. This is Garrett Potter, and you're listening to the ECAN Radio Network. Welcome back to episode number 13 of the Industry Insider here in 2018. I'm joined by Andy Saisman from FTK Promotions. Uh, of course, most well-known for the challenge uh, of the Americas. Also a pretty solid driver in his own right. Haven't had him behind the wheel at a, at a big race in a while, but we could probably drag him back pretty soon. Um, Unfortunately, I'm too solid to race in him right now. <laughs> Well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Um, let's talk Rock the Rio. Maybe that's the maybe that's a race we could get you to come and come and play. That'd be interesting. Um, you were there, obviously. Uh, you went uh, to the Rock International Cup final as well in uh, uh, at South Garda. But you know the Rock the Rio program. A lot of great feedback from a bunch of drivers. The you know I, I picked up some of the racing, um, but man, pr- pretty exciting stuff in terms of the fact that they just a solid event put down at the Rio by, by the rock cup crew. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, going into it, it was, uh, it's always a risk as you will know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, regardless of the, of the back and forth politics, blah, 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 we'll ignore all that. You know, obviously rock racers wanted something big at the end of the year. So, you know, Garrett and rock up promotion, rock up USA, uh, created it. And really the goal was to get, get to 200. I mean, 200 entries would have been a home run for the, for, for the first event. And, uh, I think they had 220, 215, somewhere in that. I mean, I, to me, it, it exceeded the expectations of the event. Um, people, by and large, had a great time. I mean, I love when people say, oh, everybody had a great time. Everybody doesn't have a great time at any, at any place. Come on, let's be fair. <laughs> yeah. um, right? I mean, there's always, like I tell people, look, if, if you're in racing, you got to realize one guy goes home happy, the other 30 go home pissed off, right? But, but uh, by and large, the fact that the event was well run, like always, I mean, heck, half – Half their staff is my staff, so I know I know they're going to do a good job. And uh, you know, when you have two hundred entries, you you have a little bit of room in the schedules. Everybody's not so rushed. I mean, there are things that help, but for sure, the the event went off well. We had fantastic weather. It was in the low seventies and sunny the whole time. It was it was ridiculously good Vegas weather. Um, there were no um, no bad red flags. The racing went off great. I mean, some of the racing in categories was was unbelievable. Like like you know those the parking lot tracks can can create so it it was a great event uh you know everybody's looking forward to next year already people are asking me okay we're going back yes we're going back of course there's a five-year deal so um it's uh i'm I'm excited that there were over 200 entries and i'm I'm convinced that next year there'll be 250 275 maybe even 300 i mean it's, it's a possibility Midway through there, you talked about the fact that uh, obviously a, a temporary circuit, depending on the track design, can provide some pretty exciting racing. Now, you, uh, as an industry insider yourself, you've been around a long time here, but you're also a driver and you're also, I know, a fan of the sport. Was there were there a couple of battles? Was there one one or one or two particular categories that you yourself said, "Man, that was uh, that was pretty epic to watch." Well, I mean, you know, my eyes are always on Masters, right? That's where my heart is, and that's where Me all too. my guys usually race, right? So, I mean. Between uh, you know Billy Cleveland, Paul Bonilla, and uh, and uh, Renato David, uh, I mean they had they had some great great races. I mean the juniors never fail to uh, to put on a good show, and <laughs> um, you know and then and, and then Shifter. I mean Shifter Masters. I mean I think it was Kinnear that took off and, and Musser methodically ran him down and uh, and got him at the end. And then man, the ship the regular Shifter. Um, Matias Ramirez and uh, Formal. I mean, Formal had have everybody covered all weekend. I mean, he he had an issue in qualifying or something, so he had to start last. I don't know if he's a pound light, which is odd for me to say about Daniel, but 
Um, <laughs> no doubt. But uh, something happened in qualifying. I don't know what it was. But so he started back, and he went from like thirtieth to third in a ten lap heat race. I mean, it was ridiculous, right? And in a shifter, uh, and um, the battle that he had, everybody thought, "Oh yeah, four miles just stalking Ramirez. He's just hanging out. He's just hanging out." And man, he hung out, and then he made a move and returned. And uh, Matias went, "Nope, I got you." Got him right back. And won the race was pretty awesome. It's interesting because we've watched Matias over the last couple of years, and uh, there's a kid right there who, who's never gonna. If, if the if the opportunity is there, he's gonna fill the hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's just that that kid, and we saw him. I think it was at Supernats a couple of years ago in KZ when I was just absolutely blown away by kind of the, the way he carried himself against some of the best in the world. And of course, you got to put Danny Formal in that group. You know, he's easily one of the best. Uh, shifter car drivers in North oh, yeah. America, like Absolutely. just the way he's able to use his upper body, the way he understands the cart, the dynamics, and of course working with Greg Bell, um, that's a pretty form- for a formidable duo. And uh, yeah, he makes that pass, thinks he's going to win it, and and Matias comes back, and you know just we're talking industry naming some people here, dropping some names, but you got to give props to Gary Carlton with the new GFC program uh, for him to be able to come a- away with a you know a win in his first major national event. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, nobody's nobody's ever going to question Gary's passion. Nobody's yeah. ever going to question how hard he works. And, uh, you know, you know if he's going to do something, he's going to do it right. And he, he put a good team together and uh, and came out and did a good job. I mean, that, that bodes well for him in his future. I mean, he's a, he's another one that says he'll, he'll be at all my challenge races next year. And, and you know, now that we've added the, the California Rock Championship, we should probably see him at at least a few of those. So, I mean, it's that's good for me that he's doing well, and it's great for him. Let's uh, let's wrap up uh, this edition of the Industry Insider, Andy, with just kind of an overview. I, again, I, I keep harping back that you've been around a while, and I only say that because it's <laughs> a well, nice way of saying you're old, Andy. You're old. Well, no, I, I get the same thing. Hey, Rob, you've been in the sport a long time, but again, it's it's all about having that you know that uh, that long experience that where you're able to 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 talk about certain things that are happening now with that experience to to, to weigh on. You know, it's, I like talking about what's going on. Because I was here when the first Scusa died, and I was, you know, through the Stars of Carding days and the CKI days and whatever it may be. So we have yeah. some context. My question is focused kind of on Southern California right now, only because there's a lot going on there. Southern California in the seventies, eighties, in early nineties, you know, nineties was a real hotbed. It was strong. It was there was that focus on senior racing, not just the juniors, which I think hurt. California in the late nineties and early two thousands when the focus went too much on the kids and the studs of the, of the day went away. It's kind of coming back now that people do look up to the senior drivers again in Southern California. My question to kind of cap off this particular broadcast is what do you see in Southern California right now? Do you see it as being strong? Do you see it as being potential for growth? Do you, you know, there's a lot of naysayers, but a lot of people, it seems to me like there's a lot of people out there racing. Well, there's people racing. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no shortage of events. I mean, I, I told you that it. When I looked at at building the the CRC, the California Rock Championship, I looked at my calendar because I had to have it. I had to have it between basically May one and November one, um, because the challenge ended and we had to have everything wrapped up basically before Rock the Rio because the tickets. There were literally four weekends I could choose in that seven month period, because. I have to worry about Tri C. I have to worry about Sim Raceway. I have to worry about the Rock Festivals, even though it, you know, it's just that's more of a staffing issue um, than anything else because those the Rock Festivals are back east. I have to worry about, you know, the other side, my competitor, the LIKC PKC uh, Pro Tour. I have to, I have to be concerned when those races are and not scheduled on top of each other. So there were literally four weekends available. So if anybody ever says, "Man, there needs to be more racing," they're idiots because there are <laughs> plenty of racing. I mean, there's every time we turn around, I mean, um, there's something going on. So, yeah. I mean, I, I look at the calendar. Uh, I look at May, right? I'm looking at my calendar on my wall. It goes Scusa Pro Tour, California Rock Championships, Sim Raceway, and LAKC on the same weekend. Those are the four weekends of May. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ju- June, July, August, September, I'll do the exact same thing. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, I think. Um, and I'm going to brag a little bit. I think the the region's in a in a big state of flux. I mean, one sanctioning body has kind of dominated the region for a long time here, and um, and for whatever reason, there were there was folks that wouldn't get involved in road tax or whatever. So, which is fine. But now that the rock program is here and it's here to stay, and it's more traditional than than road tax was for whatever if that's the right word. I, I I know you know what I mean, but I can see the concept. No, it's yeah, no doubt about it. The the engine is something that that 
it would be more typical or more standard in terms of carding for sure. Right. Exactly. You know, radiator on the left and water yep. pump and a tire that's a little bit, little bit stickier, not the stickiest in the planet, but right. So now all of a sudden rock has a ton of momentum and, and you're going to see over the next couple of years, there's going to be a, some big change here. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. Um, it, it, it's going to make all of us work harder. It's going to make the shops and teams work harder because they're going to have to support both um, all the programs and really figure out what's going to happen. It's exciting for me because it's a new project and it's my project. So of course it's, you know, I take pride in that, but, uh, but there is no shortage, uh, you know, to answer your question, there's no shortage of races or racing. Um, you know, we may not have events of, of 200 around here. We're going to have a lot of events with 120 until people figure out what they're going to do. And, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily bad as long as folks keep racing. Yeah, it's interesting. Garrett Potter and I had a discussion, I think it might have been right after we went off air in the podcast that we did earlier uh, before the Rock the Rio. And we talked about the fact that, you know, when it, when it comes to Rock versus Miami, at, at, you know, at the top level, um, we didn't want to use the term versus because really it's it's this product or that product. And and it's that it's almost that perceived fight between, you know, the 300 or 400 people that race nationally in the, in the country. And, you know, Garrett brought up the fact where, Really, and I, and I agree with them because I've talked about it before. Really, it's I think it leans more on the industry and the clubs and and the community and the sport to find more people to come in and fill the gap. You know, we should there should be nothing holding back having, like you said, two hundred people at a regional rock race and two hundred people at a regional IAMI race. Right. You know, and it it comes down to us having to attract more people into the sport. And it may I get think. there. It won't be right. there next year, but it may get there. I'd love to Agreed. see it. Look, look. Everybody knows that, uh, you know, Tom and I have had our battles over the years. But look, in a perfect world, we'd each have 10,000 customers and get to ignore each other. <laughs> well, and, and one thing I did say, and I, I just got back from the PRI show, uh, a lot of excitement for, for, for grassroots carding there. I had a great chance to talk to uh, both uh, David Klaus from Briggs. I spoke with Keith Freeber from Margay. And there's just a lot of excitement in what's happening on the grassroots level. You had the 206 as part of the program, you saw some of the excitement there. It doesn't fit perfectly into your program, so yeah. it won't be back in 2019. But that I really, I personally believe in the people I continue to talk with and get input from that our foundation starting to grow again. It's starting to stabilize. The 206 is bringing more people back to the racetrack. You know, I, I just came out with my most recent uh, Operation Grassroots uh, kind of update. Uh, I talked about four different clubs or tracks series that have seen numbers, you know, expand big time because of 206, you know, Andy, you were one, you were, let's, let's say you were kind of the guy that got it going down in Southern California, along with uh, the good folks from Tri-C with your 206 lounge. Um, you know, you said, Hey, you know, this is gonna be a great way to bring people into the sport. And you offered up a cheap deal for someone to go racing. And man, it's from, from the, from 206 lounge at four people, it's exploded down in Southern California. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible, right? I mean, uh, my good customer and, and friend, uh, you know, Mike Giles from M2 Power Sportswear, he he helped, you know, co-sign on that deal. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we certainly made no money doing it, but it but it sparked interest, right? And it and it sparked interest in a big way. Like you said, it started with it started with three go-karts. Three yeah. go-karts and four entries. And now, you know, then at its peak, Tri C had what, eighty or eight, you know, seventy or eighty LO two oh six entries at their races. So it's pretty yeah, awesome. You're an- yeah, a year and a half ago, I, ra- I raced in, I think it was the LO206 Senior Class at the first Tri-C race of 2017, and there was 20 guys in my class. Yeah. No, that's right? Awesome. And, th- and that's that's the club-level stuff that's going to feed this regional-level racing that we're talking about, isn't it? We, and it's going to continue to grow. I'm excited the way it's continuing to grow. And and again, if we get that f- foundation locked, and thank you for y- what you did there and continue to do, that's what's going to feed the regional level and hopefully, like you said, potentially take off the pressure of this perceived battle that we have right now of picking sides, which I, which again, never is a never a positive thing in our sport. Oh yeah. Like we, we talked about for years, the pyramid was upside down and, and we're all, we're all um, the cause of it. Right. Cause all the focus is always on the latest national race or the latest big craze. Right. So we all focus on that, but the, but finally over the past couple of years, the pyramid is starting to flip and, and be the, and be the right way up. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we need you need those 300 local racers to turn into 100 regional racers to turn into 25 national racers. You can't just go out and find. It's harder to find 25 national racers on the street than it really is to find 250 local racers to start. It, I agree. It really is. Yep. 
So, Andy, let's wrap up this edition of the Industry Insider. We talked about the challenge of the Americas just over two months away before you kicked that off. We talked about the launch of your CRC, the California Rock Championship. We discussed a little bit about your feedback on being part of the uh, the Rock the Rio event. But overall, as I said, uh, what, just over seven weeks away from the start of the 2019 Challenge of the Americas. Uh, is there any work left to do or is it kind of, let's sign a couple more sponsors. I got two left and and let's go to work. Oh, there's always work to do. I mean, uh, you know, it's always about getting the awards. I'm, I'm uh, currently going to start looking at some some different uh, trophy providers. Um, you know, we've always provided a nice crystal glass, which are always great. But now I'm kind of looking around and see if there's if there's anything else that's interesting out there. Um, you know, just this this morning, I actually booked uh, booked five plane tickets for some of my staff from across the country because you know we all have to pay attention, right? My my. My Amex bill is, uh, my closing date is December 8th. So, uh, today is basically the first day I could take advantage of, uh, getting, uh, uh, two months worth of lead time before I have to pay it. So I, <laughs> gosh darn it, I'm two months ahead so I can book the, the cheapest tickets I can and, and take two months to pay it. So it, it never ends, as you well know. I mean, yep. no matter what, um, everything seems to be in place, right? The contracts are in place, the deposits are sent, but it, it never ends. I mean, just this morning, I was, I, you know, I was going to wait. It's it's perfect. We opened our entry quietly this morning, right? The entry just opened. I haven't made an announcement, so I'm officially announcing now on our podcast. The perfect. entry is open. The entry is open. Um, while we were talking, a customer entered already, and I didn't announce it. That's just people nosing around on the website. Oh, wait a minute! There's a new there's a new click and clicked and entered the race. So nice. we officially have our. Uh, hold on, let me. T- I'll even tell you who it is. I know who it is because it's always the same guy. It's uh, Ethan Ho. Richie Ho is always our first entry. That guy, must have, uh, he must have something that goes right to his phone to tell us when I open that link. Ethan Ho, first driver entered in the 2019 Challenger of the Americas. I love it. Yes, sir. So uh, if you're racing there and you want your family to know, or if you're not able to come to the Challenger of the Americas, once again, uh, eCardyNews.com will be there with our Trackside Live program. There are some conflicts this year, so we're going to be doing double duty. I think David will be there for a couple of races. I'll be there for one. Hopefully, we'll see how it all shakes down, but uh, regardless of what happens, live coverage again on ecardynews.com. Make sure you you download the app. But uh, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have full coverage again, uh, live audio of uh, the Challenge of the Americas. Yeah, always exciting, man. Always always a pleasure to be with uh, with you and your crew. Just good people and uh, good people, good racing. It's the atmosphere. That's it's all about having a, you know that atmosphere, Andy. And it, you've done a great job of developing that. I know that uh, I know that your staff feels it as well. It's just a it's a great weekend at the track. It's simple. Absolutely. No, it's uh, the credits all to them. I just, I just lay out the chessboard. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you for joining me, Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rob. Appreciate it, and uh, have a good holiday. If I don't talk to you, and uh, I know we'll we'll see each other somewhere. Yeah, same to you and the family. Again, folks, this essentially kicks off the 2019 season kind of preview. I don't want to say preview, but we're talking about 2019 right now. Still a couple of weeks left in the 2018 calendar, but we're done. About 2019 now, we kick things off with the Challenge of the Americas. Look for a lot more Industry Insider podcasts coming. We've got a lot of people we want to talk to. We're going to track down Tom Kutcher. We're going to talk track down uh, uh, Mark Coates, Marco Oldaffer. We'll get Garrett Potter back on. We'll get Greg Jasperson back on. A lot of people, the French is from Texas. We're going to talk to them as well. We're going to try to give you as much information as we can about what's happening for 2019. It looks like it's going to be a very good year. Uh, as Andy and I talked about, the foundation starting to reform itself, getting that pyramid set up the way it needs to be. Could be a fantastic season, ladies and gentlemen, for karting here in North America. We're done on the Industry Insider. We're done on the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We hope you continue to do that. And as always, podcasts coming on the EKN Radio Network first. Then we'll turn it into, into a podcast that you'll be able to get through iTunes, Google Play, or on the website as well. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. That was Andy Saisman. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.